the Premier League isn't slowing down, the Champions League is back, and the MLS Giants are beginning to rise. We will cover all of this and more on the supporter section. Grab your scarves. We start right now. Welcome into the supporter section. I am Brandon Patesnick, and this is episode 65 of the supporter section podcast. Go ahead and leave a like, and please subscribe if you have not already, because we are on our way to 100 subs. Yes, I said 100. We would love to get there by summer with you, so go ahead and help us out. Uh, I have my good friend here with me, Stephen Curl. Hey, Stephen, I have a fun question. You know, we always start the podcast off with a good question. Can you please predict the next five Premier League winners for me? Ooh, the next five Premier League winners. You don't. Not... And you don't have to uh, say this year's if you don't want to. I think we should uh, probably save that. Yeah, okay, let's save this fine. year's. Let's save this year's. All don't right. Save all right. So this year it's gonna be no. Uh, in order, I'll go in order. So 2024 champions. I'm gonna go with. Manchester City, shocker, heyo, um, they're amazing, Holland's good, uh, Manchester City, again in 2025, and then I think United's rebuild might be back, Harry Kane in his golden years, donning the red, I think Manchester United are going to be back, baby, and they're gonna win it in 2026, um, is that the right, yeah, and then I think, uh, Liverpool, I don't know. I mean, I was throwing Liverpool love. I think they have the most all-time Premier League points. So I got to give them a title. Why not? And at this point in his career, Miguel Almiron will be a player manager for Newcastle and Newcastle United, the Magpies. Uh, and all of that oil money is going to lead them to a Premier League title. Uh, it'd be cool to see for the fans. But yeah, that's off the rip what i would say for my my five champions wow i'll give mine as well that was that was good i think a lot of that i agree with but i'm gonna switch it up a little bit i think next year's premier league winner will be liverpool they will make a crazy comeback they'll be healthy they'll make a couple signings this summer maybe under a new ownership we'll see and uh i think liverpool will be good to go next year with klopp klopp will still be there um, then it'll be Manchester City, I agree with. Oh, this is tough. Because you gotta take it take into account Chelsea. Chelsea's gonna be there and thereabouts, right? Maybe, maybe not. Um I'll say Manchester United with you as well. Um then I'll say City, because <laughs> Pep will still be there. And then why not say Newcastle with you? I, I think that's Newcastle will get in there in the mix, right? After, yeah. I mean, look, they're probably going to get Champions League when that when that money starts flowing. They start buying players, and Eddie Howe's in his twentieth year. Look, the Magpies are going to be flying. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thanks for amusing me there, Steve. As always, we're going to jump into the Golden Scarf segment. The Golden Scarf goes to the person, team, thing, or whatever we thought deserves some praise from the previous week. Steve, who are you giving your Golden Scarf to? I'm going to give my golden scarf to how about this? I didn't fact check this, but I think I'm right. Stop me if I'm wrong. The oldest manager active in the Premier League right now. It's got to be Roy Hodgson. Uh, Walker with tennis balls on the bottom of it on the sideline for a Crystal Palace. He's 
given Crystal Palace a bigger bounce than your sibling on a trampoline in your backyard. Talking the about bounce. <laughs> the double bounce. And it's a double win for Crystal Palace in their last two games. Uh, beating the likes of Leeds United as well as Leicester City, I believe. Also some relegation rivals. So some important games, some six-point swingers. Um, that's incredible. I They hadn't won in 2023. So... You know, yeah. this this is this is massive for them. So good on him. He was retired from coaching and allegedly he will be after the end of this season. He's just kind of a placeholder. So I think that also makes it more commendable, more sweet. He's just trying He wants to see the best for the club. Um, so good for him. Yeah, he did some really good work there, stabilizing them, making the mid table consistently. Uh People thought Palace would go down basically for the past like five years, and they haven't. They stayed there. He's back in. He brought them back out of that relegation battle for the most part. We'll see how the the year finishes out. Um, But, yeah, Roy Hodgson, what a manager. I'm going with Dean Smith, Craig Shakespeare, and John Terry combining powers again. They're uniting, and they're going to try to lift Leicester City out of the relegation places you know honestly it's pretty commendable i don't know if it will work but i think this is a good hiring by lester if you know what's the next best thing after brendan rogers i don't know but dean smith is a good start i think um pretty good team um i love dean smith he coached aston villa for those who don't know got took us from the championship um up into the premier league and kept us up um I hope they do well. You know, they'll probably be trying to replicate that COVID shutdown run where Villa was bottom or something and pulled their way up and basically survived on the last day <laughs> a couple of years back. So I'm assuming that's what they're going to try to replicate. Who knows? We'll see. But stick around and subscribe because we will be talking about it as the year progresses. Hopping into our Premier League review, the managerial hot seat. It's really never-ending, is it, Steve? We have Steve Cooper's Nottingham Forest losing two games in a week. That was against Leeds and Aston Villa. Leeds was 2-1. to one. Villa was 2-0. to nil. Uh, After the loss against Leeds, there were rumors circulating that Steve Cooper was gone. He was fired. He was sacked. All of this, of course, always. But the owner of Nottingham Forest wanted to... End the speculation. And I'm going to run through this quote real quick. Um, He said, No one denies that our club is in a difficult position in the Premier League, but we wish to end the speculation and the false and disruptive reporting in the media to confirm that Steve Cooper, the coach, remains our manager at Nottingham Forest. We have all been disappointed with the recent performances, and it is very clear that a lot of hard work needs to be done to address this urgently. Results and performances must improve immediately. Now is now is the time for everyone connected with our club, from us as owners to the board, our supporters, backroom staff, coaches, and players to come together and fight to secure our status in the Premier League. There can be no time for distractions, rumors, and speculation. There's only time for hard work, determination, and commitment from Steve and the players to get the results that we need. And, of course, the continued magnificent support of the fans. That was a lot, um, but a really good statement, I think, on the face of it. What do you make of it, Steve? Um, they're bad. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, you have to come out and not be forced or coerced into making any moves. This, Who knows? This could be like a random push by 
some entity of like putting the pressure on to fire him and then maybe the owner just goes ahead and does it um after losing on the double so good for him for sticking up for the manager uh sticking up for the manager while also putting pressure on the manager at the same time and knowing that the results aren't good enough being in tune with your fan base is huge especially when you're in a relegation battle so i this came out to me as an owner who's very in tune with the atmosphere of the club right now which is kind of in crisis of hey are we going down we got to stay up i'm not happy about this i know everybody else isn't happy about this but let's stop with the rumors that's that's only going to hinder us from actually playing our football so i i mean get on him get on him is i think a very uh composed statement and now that all they have to do is worry about man united liverpool and brighton in their next three games yeah good luck with that i mean the statement is is weird. I, I I don't know why you would come out and say this at all, but maybe it is a tight knit club like that. I, I've seen some stuff over the past couple of weeks of the the Nottingham uh, Forest supporters basically saying, "Steve, it's not your fault. Uh, we support wow. you." And I think they'd rather go down with Steve Cooper than than um, change the manager at this point. But yeah, I I don't really know the history of this owner, but the statement seems to me like. Cooper is sort of on his last straw. Like you don't really say, I'll say it like this. It's almost like he's, we're not firing him right now, but another bad result and he's gone. So he might only have one more game to save his job. Do you, do you feel that way? Yeah. And maybe, but even at this point in the season, that doesn't my, I'm an opinion of when you're at this point in the season, like you're at the bitter end and I feel like if you're going to fire your manager, that's that's a decision you make maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, and especially with the fixtures you have lined up, it's you can't give this guy one more game. I mean, they have Manchester United, Liverpool, and Brighton, like we said. So you need to be a realist. Who are you going to go get to give you? You know, there's not a Roy Hodgson at every club, right? So I mean, and he was appointed, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. So all that to be said, I think it's pretty shallow if you only give them one more result. Even to, I mean, you have Manchester United and Liverpool. Those are teams that are better than you. Like, that's just, you will probably lose. You need to be worried about getting a point and just trying to play sound football so you can take points against Southampton, maybe Chelsea, Brentford. Um, hell, Crystal Palace won two games recently, but you're playing them at the last game of the year. And that's, do you want a brand new coach in there or do you want a guy that's been there? The entire way. And to your point, Nottingham Forest supporters basically totally backing their manager. Why would you make that change? Yeah, I, I don't really know. I'm with you as well. I think it's too late to to make the, the change. Um, yeah, it's just sort of a weird statement to put out. Moving on to, to Steve Cooper, though, like it just seems like he's doing the best he can, right? Like I we both think they should stick with him, but like. What else can you really expect from Steve Cooper at this point? No, I mean, I think what you can expect from him is to, I mean, at risk of sounding like a stereotypical sports guy, fight for the club, but da 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 da. But you look for him to see, you look for him to say and do things that Antonio Conte did not do at Tottenham. You know, you're not trying to see a manager throw players under the bus or. And it's different. Relegation and chase, chasing for top four is very different. So I understand that. But it's he's doing all the right things, and the players are playing for him, and the fans are behind him. 
it's Aston Villa's fault for <laughs> playing them off the field, Brandon. It's your fault. Uh, but no, I mean, when you're going up against a World Cup winning goalkeeper and a team that just happens to be informed that Villa's having the best form of their life in how long, you know? And sometimes this is just the way sports go. And there's not necessarily an answer to justify the poor results other than, listen, we're trying. And that yeah. might be – that. sometimes that's not good enough for owners, but – you know, you're not Roman Abramovich, you're not Todd Bowley, you're um, the, the owner of Nottingham Forest, respect, respectfully, but it's, hey, like, tell you tell me what would make this better. You tell me the tactics, the formation, the new manager, like, are you going to go get Claudio Ranieri to buy pizza for the team when they get a point? Like, what's, what's the new inventive idea, right? So, yeah. it's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you look, I, I watched Nottingham Forest this weekend as they, they lost to Villa, but they were set up really well to really stifle Villa's midfield. I think tactically they're there. Skill-wise, are they there? I mean, they brought in a lot of players. They should have enough players to to get results. I I would back I, – I still don't think they'll get relegated for some reason. Like something in my mind is just – it's not really clicking. It seems like their home form is going to be really important these last nine games, eight games, whatever they're on. Um, it's going to be really important. Also with Steve Cooper, and, and we'll move on, um, he saved Nottingham Forest from championship relegation. He was at Swansea before, moved on to Nottingham Forest. They were like down in the dumps before he took over. He got them promoted in the same season through the playoff, of course, and then had an insane squad turnover. They had a bunch of loans, you know, obviously championship-level players. And they, the club brought in 30 signings this season. Actually 30 signings, not a hyperbole. Hyperbole, 30 human beings got signed to this club. It's insane. It's, a, it's an insane turnover of squad. And I think he's done a really good job up until this point. I don't say really good. A decent job until this point. He has to see it out. He has to see it out. And who else would you back next season if you're in the championship to get back up? Probably someone who's done it before, right? Mm-hmm. I and don't that's, know. And this it reminds me a little bit of the the Sheffield, yeah, the Sheffield United coach. Um, when what's what was his name? Chris something. Anyways, but basically they were going down, and and it was a way more bleak situation than this. Um, it basically like the club, were like yeah, he's our man, and we're sticking with him. Um, and the manager ended up leaving. I can't remember his name for the life of me. It's going to drive me crazy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's certain decisions that you make as a club when you're kind of bouncing. Chris Wilder. Chris Wilder. Okay, it was Chris something. But, yeah, Chris Wilder. And he ended up leaving the club because he said he was done and he wanted the best for it. But the club was like, no, we want you. So that's like an, an opposite situation. But, um yeah, I mean, you could be back there. I mean, look at Nottingham – not Nottingham, uh, Norwich, you know? Norwich is the king of going back and forth, back and forth, and having that stable person at the helm, you know, can be the difference of being a Roy Hodgson, staying in the Premier League and solidifying yourself, and not. So, yeah, that's that's yeah. the last tidbit that I'll say on it. We'll have to see what happens. It's going to be a fun run in those. I mean, it's close down there. A win takes them out. It's a whole crazy thing. West Ham got battered by Newcastle in the midweek, 5-1. to one. But according to David Moyes, he believes he no doubt still has the support of the board. He was asked whether he felt the board could 
consider making a managerial change. Moy said, quote, I've got no doubt they are behind me. I'm confident in the way we work and what they think. I really like my job here. I like the people I work for and have enjoyed my time greatly. <laughs> I'm hoping there are a couple big days ahead in the not-too-distant future, end quote. Thankfully for him, West Ham did win at the weekend, one nothing against Fulham, who, all things considered, are lying on, at the beach in Ibiza. Um, you know, it, Fulham's not looking great right now. Their form's bad. But, you know, that, that relieves some pressure off of him and, and the London club. Also, it's worth mentioning, West Ham is still in a <laughs> European conference. They're in the Euro- Europa Conference League quarterfinals. They take on Ghent this week. Um, if you had to put odds on David Moyes firing this season, what would they be right now? Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, he's coming off a win at Fulham. I think if that result wasn't that way, then we might be having a different conversation. But got battered by Newcastle. Uh, Newcastle's beating everybody, to be quite frank. Um and, you know, they beat Southampton, so 1-0 the, the game before. And so they're beating the teams that they're supposed to be beating, but they're not looking like they're aspiring for much more. So uh, long-term, is that the man you want? Probably not. But, at, again, at the end of the season, this is where we are to making drastic manager shifts like this is is, is a no-go, especially for an accomplished guy like David Moyes, who's been a coach in the Premier League for a while. And... If they're able to finish, the, the most hilarious thing would be for West Ham United to finish like 17th and win the Europa Conference League. It would just be hilarious. Um, that, that would be crazy. I also think they're, like I said, yeah, they're un, unbeaten in the Europa Conference League this year. So they're doing well there, it seems. I mean, and they'll probably keep it going. They probably will win it. I can't see them not, but it's really weird. Um, yeah, I don't think David Moyes will be getting fired this season, maybe at the end in the summer, but um, I think he's safe. Yeah, can you explain the fall of West Ham this season? You don't magically end up in a European conference, do you? Uh, you have to pretty much earn it, especially coming from the Premier League. How how did they get so bad so quickly? Yeah, honestly, I think it's the lack of signings to keep up with the place that they had finished. Once they finished in that Europa League spot, and West Ham's always been a big club. Um, I like, I mean, we remember it's this strange club that I feel like is never in uh, tranquility. I'm watching, I'm watching one season, and people are mobbing the owner's press box, and they're getting evacuated out of the stadium. And then the next season, Arnautovic is scoring goals, and they're, it's you have <laughs> Lanzini and you know Fabianski and all the all these Yarmolenko, you know, like oh wow, these guys look really good. And you have Declan Rice, this two hundred million dollar English player, allegedly. Like, how are they where they are? I want to answer your question with a question. I honestly have no idea. Um, it's. Yeah, maybe just lack of signings. They haven't brought in top tier talent into the club, spent money. Um, but it's 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 yeah. very strange to see a team going from mid table, top table, like around that conversation for Europe to getting relegated, playing in the Championship and the London Stadium would be wild. 
That would be, I don't know if a first, but yeah, you also didn't answer my question with a question, but I'll answer hey. this question. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it's just playing in um, multiple uh, tournaments at once. Their their squad isn't deep enough. I think it's a fear for all teams that are going for Europe that might not have that squad depth. Um, and they're sort of taking the worst of it. They're the worst example of it right now. And that's sucks for them. I think they'll be okay, but we will see with that. Steve, at the bottom, there is no separation. A little bit of daylight for Crystal Palace. After not winning in 2023, like you mentioned, they have won two games on the balance after Roy Hodgson has taken over. They're on 33 points and are six points above Nottingham Forest, who sits in 18th. Um, also this weekend, Wolves won, Bournemouth won, West Ham won. Wolves sit four points above, Bournemouth three points above, West Ham's uh, four points above. Um, but on the other end, Leeds lost this weekend. <laughs> they're two points above, Everton lost. They're actually tied on points, and they're only separated by a 10 goal difference. I say only. That's a pretty big goal difference. But you never know. You come against Man City, and Holland's feeling himself. Hey, watch out. Watch out. That's going to close the gap real quick. Uh, like I said, the relegation line right now is in 18th, Nottingham Forest with 27 points. In 19th, Leicester City with 25 points. That's so crazy. And in 20th, Southampton on 23 points uh was there a surprising result at the weekend for you steve in in relation to the bottom half of the table yeah i mean you you touched on uh palace taking down leeds united or we talked about that already but honestly the fact that to me that lester just can't stop losing is just so insane to me losing to bournemouth one nil over the weekend and I'll touch on yeah the wolves the wolves win over Chelsea over Chelsea Frank Lampard's first game in charge that is not something the Chelsea fans wanted to see but Wolves fans Portugal United FC are ecstatic um <laughs> I just and this is why I love the Premier League you just don't know what can happen it's these teams are separated by millimeters Southampton could win two games in a row and be safe I, I, you just don't, you have no idea. It's so close this year. I just, anyways, yeah. Um, also, something I didn't write in here, but I just sort of want to make a joke. Chelsea drew Liverpool. <laughs> Chelsea's bottom half, so good for them, right? Yeah, uh, good for them. Good for them. Taking a taking a dig at my my Chelsea fans. Yeah, I mean West bottom Ham, like half. we mentioned, won. Um, but yeah, probably the most surprising was the Wolves beating Chelsea. You expected something out of Chelsea. New manager, it's familiar face in Frank, and Wolves just go and win it with an absolute banger. Chelsea not scoring again. I thought they got, got past that, Steve. I thought I don't want to make this about all about Chelsea, but where they're, they're, they got their goals. I thought they started finding it, and then all of a sudden <laughs> it disappears again. I, I don't – yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea's Chelsea's goal scoring ability. Uh, if I told you before the Premier League started that Leeds United would score ten more goals than Chelsea up to this point in the season, after all those signings, though, mm-hmm. no, absolutely yeah. insane, absolutely insane. Yeah, 
It's so weird. There'll be more Chelsea talk. Trust us about that one. Um, this week in the Premier League, however, all the bottom half teams play top half teams. Not exactly, but most mostly all of them. Uh, so it's going to be a very, very interesting week this week. Or it could be really bland and boring, and we know all the results already. Um, who do you think has the most favorable, mat- favorable matchup this upcoming weekend from a relegation fighting side? I mean, I think it's got to be Everton taking on Fulham, right? Um, you talked about Fulham's form recently. Um, not not being up to the stuff as we thought they had a chance for Europe too long ago. Um, and Sean Dyche and the men are just bruising everybody in their path. You might say, hey, one win out of their last five, Everton, who I'm speaking about, that's nothing crazy. But they got three draws and one loss. That's six points in their past five games, and that's what you want to see out of a team trying to avoid relegation. So, And if I'm Fulham, and I've lost four out of my last five with the draw, so it's it's not lining up good for, for the boys at Craven Cottage. Yeah, I think that that's probably the best opportunity for a bottom half team to to get a result or to get a win, excuse me. Uh this is actually where my bet is going later, but I think Southampton at home against Crystal Palace is a really big opportunity as well. Um, Crystal Palace winning three games in a row. I don't know if they've ever done that in their history. (laughs) So um, I think it's fair to say that one will probably be a draw. Also, Southampton didn't look too bad against Man City, even though they got battered. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just facing a juggernaut at this point. Southampton looked pretty good, just didn't take their chances well. Um, Yeah, I think Southampton could be a pretty good – have a pretty good chance there of beating Crystal Palace at home at the weekend. Um, But we will see. The race for Europe stays tight, Steve, doesn't it? I mean, Brighton beat Bournemouth 2-0 and then unfortunately gets screwed against Spurs. Spurs, however, end up in fifth. But I do need to hear from the Spurs fan in the room. What was VAR doing at this game? I mean, I'm glad that my money wire went through before the game started. I, I, <laughs> all of my life savings, but goodness gracious, uh, just pure atrocity from VAR from field refereeing as well. Sideline referee calling a handball on a goal. That was weird too. Um, so it was just a game in which Tottenham, you take away all the controversy though, real quick, take away all the controversy. Brighton play. They're one of the most fun teams to watch play. I'm a Tottenham fan watching us get played off the pitch and the one twos, the triangle passing it's, they took Tottenham apart um, and scored goals that were ruled off for, for, for wrong reasons. Um, But no, Brighton looks good. They definitely got hard done. It's terrible for them and probably gives, Spurs board, Daniel Levy go, hey, look at us. We got the result. We got three points. We're in the chase for the top four. We don't deserve to be, but we're there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I will say Harry Kane finding a goal at the end of the game was that's what he does. So that was crucial. That was really cool to see. Nice to see Youngman's son score an absolute 
banger of a goal. Uh, I mean, where has that been all year? Can we talk about that? How do you feel about Youngman's son? It it was a worldie, but we've come to expect those from him over the years. Where has he been? Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't bother anybody more than him. And he straight up put the blame for Antonio Conte leaving on his performance. He said, if I would have performed better, I believe the manager could have stayed. Like, He's touting him responsible for that. And you kind of saw it in his goal celebration. Um, He usually does this, like a smile. But when he scored that goal, he did the little knee slide, and he had that serious face on um, that he knows. He knows that he should have been doing this, and hopefully that's more to come, please. But, but yeah, Tottenham, I mean, they looked bad, though. Like, those goals were cool. Uh, They were great. Beautifully finished by Son and Kane. Didn't have, I think we had 33% possession of the ball, which is what we do. But at the same time, it was it was bad. The defending was terrible. It was literally Tottenham grasping for straws, getting undone by Luis Dunk with an amazing header, by Matoma on multiple occasions. So, hey, but that's the way the Premier League works, especially the Premier League with VAR, getting hard done by referees. And somebody's bank account was emptied that day to help Tottenham out. And whoever it was, uh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, like, horrifically bad. I, it, it's hard to even explain it with words how bad it was. Um, if you haven't seen it, go watch it because it you'll be enraged, really. It, just as a neutral, you'll be so mad yeah. because guess what? You know it's gonna come around to your club next, <laughs> or it could. Like it, it's gonna hit you next. Be beware. Um, I thought we were done with VAR talk this year. They had a couple good weeks, and they well, actually, probably not. Yeah, I mean, all in all, Whatever. too. I think it's important to say, like, just to cover it. Actually, like those instances, there should have been Brighton should have at least been awarded two penalties, at least two penalty kicks, and they had a goal chopped off for a handball by Matoma that was that was not a handball. Um, Never. So that's literally three goals, and I'm not even over-exaggerating. Some Brighton fans might even ask for more. Um, there was also another goal chopped off for a handball by McAllister. I kind of agree with that one, but Brighton was hard done more than any team I've actually ever seen um, since watching Premier League soccer by, by bad refereeing, so... That's crazy. It's, That's crazy. And yeah. it doesn't help them because, like we said, the race for Europe is very, very tight yeah. up there. Just like the relegation battle on the top half is very, very tight as well. Um, hey, you're but, welcome, you little Aston I know, villains. I was about to say, <laughs> <laughs> say it. It helps Aston Villa out just a little bit um, as Aston Villa, the tricky villains, they won twice this past week. Um, 2-1 to Leicester, 2-0 to Nottingham Forest like I covered earlier. Uh, moving into sixth place. Holy crap. That is Europa League, people. <laughs> I cannot believe that. Um, so we jump Brighton to go there. Probably won't last long, but pretty fun, uh, if I might say so myself. Newcastle, like we said, smashed West Ham 5-1, and then they came from behind to beat Brentford 2-1, sticking to third place. This Newcastle team, man, they are so good, winning in different ways. Um, very, very exciting time. And like we said last week and the week before, 
they felt like they started to steer the ship the right direction again, and they sure are. I think it's five wins in a row or something like that. Let me check real quick before is, I lie. Yep, five. Five Newcastle, five Jeez. wins in a row. That's quick five wins. Good Lord. Uh, Manchester United beat Everton 2 nothing. Just thought I'd throw that in there as well. Uh, Steve, it's really hard to say what's going to happen for these Europe spots. But if I know you, you definitely have some hot takes or can pull them out of your butt whenever I ask. So let's put you on the spot. Uh, do you have any hot takes for this European race? Oh, man. Hot takes. I'll go with one. Um, one really hot take. Just talking about just talking about Newcastle United and how high they're flying. Newcastle United will finish fourth in the Premier League below Tottenham Hotspur. And Manchester United will fall out. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say that? Hey, I, you said you put me on the spot. No, my realistic one, <laughs> let me dial that back. My realistic one is that Tottenham is going to finish in the top four at all. Uh, we don't deserve it, but the fixtures line up nicely. And I do think Tottenham played Newcastle in two games. And that game, I think potentially, barring what United's doing, could decide the fate of these two teams finishing in the top four or not. Cause yes, Newcastle's in third right now. They're on 56 points. Um, they have a game in hand over Tottenham. They have 29 games played. Tottenham has 30. They could go out and lose next week. And then you just don't know. You don't know how the season's going to finish. Can Eddie Howe really lead Newcastle to the top four? Let's come back to earth a little bit. So, but I mean, they're flying right now. There's no reason to believe otherwise. However, um, that Newcastle, I think my official hot take will be Newcastle, Tottenham, whoever wins that game in two weeks um, will finish in the top four, and the other will not. Wow. Yeah, I think that's a good hot take there. Um, Newcastle just seemed the best out of those three. 100%. Newcastle, Manchester United, and Tottenham. But things can change quickly. Um, it's just points separating them, so... That's and good. Thank you. Enough, thank you enough about me. Uh, I want to put you on the hot seat. What's your hot take for the top four finishing by the end of the year? Any or European Ooh. places in general doesn't have to be top Ooh. four. You know, I'm trying not to be a homer. I think hey, um, do it. Aston Villa will still drop out. No, I don't know. I think Aston Villa will get Europe. Um, it's really tough though. Liverpool could come up. Brentford's still in the mix. Um, yeah, I th oof. I don't know. I'd have to look at the table. I was not yeah, prepared for yeah, this. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 really. Um, no, I think I think Liverpool might just beat out Aston Villa for that seventh-place spot, um, to be honest. I mean, Aston Villa looks better than Liverpool. Liverpool they have for a while now. Um, so that would be a pretty big upset to be completely honest. And Aston Villa, like I said last week, they play everybody in the top half again, um, towards the end of the season. So a lot of decisive games there. If they go Aston Villa's way and this amazing forum keeps going, Europe's not the question. We could be going for champions league spots and yeah. that would be a but I just don't – I just can't see it happening. I mean you guys have – you're hosting Newcastle. I mean they're on five wins, but 
hell, y'all are on four wins in a row, and it's at home at Villa Park. And I've been watching Aston Villa more than I ever have in my life this year, and y'all look freaking good. So, yeah, who's to say that you game. don't you don't beat Newcastle at home? Yeah, I mean, I think we can do it. It's going to be really fun though. That is one to watch. It's it's probably the best one of this upcoming weekend. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Sorry, I didn't really give you a hot take there. But uh, probably some for some more hot takes that you're ready to give. The Premier League title race is still on after this weekend. Arsenal dropped points to Liverpool, while Man City looked unstoppable against Southampton. We've covered all this already. Steve, for Arsenal, was it one point gained as they were away at Anfield or two points dropped? I'm going to go with dropped. Uh, how insanely in control of the game they were in that first half to lose your head, Xhaka, looking at you, um, the most experienced player on the team. It to just it, That was a defining moment in the game for me in which Liverpool gained momentum and started to get back into the game. Um, and if it weren't for Ramsdale being... Yeah, like absolute Spider-Man in goal. Uh, they should have lost uh, at Anfield. And if I'm being completely honest, and the fact being at two goals up, it's just, again, Ramsdale's making some absolutely incredible saves. The Salah save um, coming out on the goal. Nunez could have finished. Gosh, but no, I think it was something uncharacteristic of Arsenal. They looked... And again, in the first half, like they were in control. Hey, they're doing their thing. And then all of a sudden, they just they just collapse. And Chanko's getting nutmegged by Alexander-Arnold. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> this is Stephen Curl's Liverpool from a month ago that he was talking about. What's going on here? <laughs> uh, and so with Manchester City also five wins in a row, it's, it's two points dropped, um, plain and simple, in my opinion. Um, I don't know your thoughts about it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I definitely see that point. I disagree, though. When is a, a draw at Anfield ever a bad result? Um, I don't even think it is here. Um, yeah. yeah, the the gap goes to six between Arsenal and City. But when you have someone hunting you down like Man City is, you're always going to be looking at that gap and be like, oh, I don't think the gap matters as long as they just stay above the water. Um I said last week that I think they have a hand on the trophy, and I still think they do. A point at, at Liverpool. Liverpool, I think, is one of the only teams to beat them this season. Didn't they beat them 3-2? to two? Was that Manchester United? I think Whatever it was Manchester it was. United. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was a good game. Maybe Arsenal beat Liverpool 3-2 to two the first, first time they played. And then a draw here. I mean, not letting Liverpool beat you at all in a season is pretty good. Um... And like, who else is going to rival Arsenal? They play Man City once, but who else is going to is going to take them down towards the end of the season? Yeah, there might be some tricky fixtures, but let me tell you what: the way they've been playing, wake up, people! The media—they're going to say that, oh, it's crazy. Man City's won it now. It's like, no, until Man City is sitting above them or beats them, which I think people circle that game because that one's going to be massive. They're still in the driver's seat. Yeah. They are driving this car. Arteta is driving them to a Premier League trophy. And they've looked the best out of anyone all season and the most consistent. It's hard to do that. Them and Newcastle have been the most consistent all season. So 
I think it's one point gained. I'll go opposite of you. I, I get you, I get your hey, points, but we look. want that. We want that. We want some differences yeah. of opinions on the show. But like, <laughs> tell me when when one point at Anfield is ever a bad thing. I don't know if it ever is. Um, but moving on to the blue side of Manchester, Man City is now six points behind Arsenal, like we said, and. I don't know if you saw this, but they're actually the current betting favorites to win the Premier League. That is crazy. That is crazy. Actually, that's crazy, isn't it? Um, Do you think they can catch Arsenal at all? Like, what do you think? Like, they can get the gap to with eight games left. Man City does have a game in hand, so they have nine left to play. Yeah, I mean, I think there's the game in hand portion of it, and my my only thing, my only reason why. I'm still going to go with Arsenal winning the league is Pep Guardiola talking about Champions League, you know? Um, he's come out and he said that, oh, yeah, like I'm not trying to win the league. I don't know if he's just being coy. Of course he is. Um, if you were to break down and analyze the remaining fixtures, Manchester City does have the easier finish. Um, Arsenal being their most important game. After that, I mean, they have the likes of... I mean, Fulham, West Ham, Everton, Leeds, Brentford, Chelsea. That's not too challenging. And, you know, Arsenal, obviously they play City, Newcastle, Chelsea, Brighton. I mean, those are some – yeah, that's that's tough, right? And yeah, tougher. It's, it's definitely tougher. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's what the bookies are looking at. But at the same time, to your point, that is very important. They're in first place. They're, they aren't chasing anybody. Um, they're looking ahead to their next opponent. Hopefully Arteta has these boys settled in, focused on the task at hand, and not looking behind them. So uh, yeah. they don't have Europe they're worrying about right now. They're worrying about winning the Premier League, which is going to be an amazing accomplishment for them after them being out of the spotlight. Hell, finishing behind Tottenham the past like four years. Um going on and winning the league is going to be insane so yeah i still think they got it but i definitely i'll i won't go a hand on the trophy i'll go with um i'll go with they, they can touch it with an index finger it's right mm. there it's right there <clears throat> mm, yeah i think you make a good point like of them not looking behind them um they i mean they're definitely aware of it right but yeah. arteta being at city for so long winning forget how many trophies he won while he was there, but he's been there before, and he's been the one that has sort of been the catalyst of this Arsenal turnaround. Um, their academy, obviously, was the other one. Their academy is amazing. But, um, so if he's leading them in this title race, like he has the past three years, like I, I just don't think they're going to crumble. Now, if you remember back to last season how Arsenal did it, they fell like a rock at the end of the season. They choked Champions League to to Tottenham last year, um, and I, hope, I think they probably learned their lesson. I think they probably did. This team's better than they were last year, obviously. Um, and again, you make a great point. They're not playing in anything else. They're pretty healthy. Yeah, like they're better than Brighton. They're they're better than all those teams you said yes. they have to play. Great, good opponents, and those opponents are still gonna have things to play for. Like we said, Champions League, Europe, 
the rest. But again, who says Chelsea can't beat Man City on the last day? I don't know. You know, I, I just there's too many variables going on. But as is, I have full confidence in Arsenal, which is really, really weird for me to say. Um, hey man, I thought we were friends. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you already answered this, but I'm going to ask it again just so we can hear it loud and clear. Yeah, yeah. Steve, who wins the Premier League this year? I mean, I don't want to say it, but I, it, it's Arsenal. Arsenal wins the Premier League this year. They get it done. They're restored. All oh, they're back to former glory. Um, but I'm not happy about it. But that's tough. Yeah, that's that's my that's my short, concise. Yeah, it's Arsenal. That's that's tough for you to say, Spursy boy. Uh, I think I will say Arsenal as well. Man City can do it. They were my prediction at the beginning of the season. I think probably a lot of people's predictions. But their Champions League is their goal. I think they will probably get it as well. What if they win but both? Yeah, tough. That that would be insane. That'd be insane. Ooh, anyways, that'd be crazy. We'll, we'll we'll talk about them in a minute in the Champions League. But some games to look forward to this weekend. We're not going to get into it, but Villa versus Newcastle is probably the best one of the weekend. Two teams in flying form. It'll be at Villa Park. Oof, that's going to be a good one. Um, battle of the heavyweights there. Um, Chelsea versus Brighton. <sighs> Frank, we'll see what happens in the midweek in the Champions League, but it should be a good game still. Right? <laughs> like, I still think it should be. It's so weird to be like Chelsea's going to get rolled over against Brian, <laughs> but like it probably might. It probably will happen. It will. Um, it will. Yeah, and Wolves versus Brentford. Wolves has caught a, a good little run of form. I think a decent for being down there. A decent run of form. Um, and they'll be playing the Bees, who have dropped a couple the past two weeks, I think. Yeah. Uh, losing to Manchester United and Newcastle. Um, but we're going to go around the world now and talk, talk about Champions League quarterfinals now. Steve, you want to lead this discussion? Yeah, let's get into it. Champions League quarterfinals. And it's Tuchel time, baby. Uh Thomas Tuchel, like you know, has been appointed uh, to head coach of Bayern, and he will be facing up against Manchester City in the semifinal. I believe City is hosting this first leg. Um, I mean, this has got to be the best matchup uh, by far. Two of the favorites. Um, you can argue over who is the favorite. Is it City? Is it Bayern? The bookies actually have um, have it as City. Uh, I think Bayern's plus 400. I'll talk about that at the end of the episode, but uh, to win this game. But yeah, it's going to be incredible. I cannot freaking wait. And just talking about Manchester City and their hopes to maybe catch Arsenal. But I mean, what are we expecting here? Is it our, it's going to be Pep's words put to the test. Is this going to be Manchester City strongest 11 Score as many goals in this first leg as you can. Get up over Bayern Munich. Are we expecting a rotated squad? What's 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 our vibes here? Also, a quick note too: Jao Cancelo. He'll be playing probably against. I don't know if it's in his clause with his loan, but I'm pretty sure he'll be available to play against his former club, Manchester City. So, 
a lot of storylines going into this game. Brandon, what are you thinking? Do you think it's going to be top to bottom, Manchester City, best 11? We're seeing Holland. We're seeing De Bruyne. I'm going to shut up. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I don't know. Because they've been so hot, their form is really, really good. Do you want to change that? But at the same time, that's Pep's M.O., you play 60% of minutes all season. Everybody does. Somehow it works out. I don't know. Do the math. But I think there might be a little bit of squad rotation, but I still think it's a, it could be a best 11. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think Phil Foden might step in for Jack Grealish, um, even though Jack Grealish is absolutely flying. He's probably been their most consistent player the second half of the season. Um Holland probably starts for sure, but wouldn't be surprised to see a Julian Alvarez thrown out there. Pep likes to play these mind games where he does the unexpected. Um, Bernardo Silva will come in definitely. Like for some reason, I'm like super. Like I would bet money that Bernardo Silva starts this game for some reason. Um, like where does he go? He could play anywhere. Yeah, De Bruyne might even get a rest. Like who who knows? It'll definitely be a rotated squad to some extent. But you're gonna know every single name on the team sheet, so yeah. don't don't worry about that. That that's what I think at least. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I again, I want to see Pep. I want to see Pep put out his best team. I I don't want to see Phil Foden on the bench. I want to see as many. I want to see somehow Grillish, De Bruyne, Foden, Holland. Uh, Mares, everybody. I want to see them all out there. I don't want to see any defenders. Um, but yeah, I want to see them go for it. It's at home. I want to see them score as many goals as possible. We all know what can happen on the second leg away. So I hope it is bloodthirsty Manchester City coming off five wins in the Premier League. I want to see them. I mean, I want to see Holland turn it on. I mean, Holland, this is why you're here, right? Win the Champions League. Uh, You've been deprived of this playing for Dortmund. Like, I want to see it done. You're rumored to go to Bayern, all this kind of stuff. It's your old Bundesliga opponent. I want to see Holland get three goals. Um, so I hope they don't let off. I hope it's open open style of play and that they go for it. I think it'll be their best 11 to answer your question. I think it has to be. I mean, this is the last thing that Pep hasn't had, So, um, with Manchester City at least. So, Yeah, they definitely don't want to be – down going into that second leg we've no. seen that i think the past couple of years of them being down going into the second leg and just not really working out for them uh i you know who, whoever plays out there i i really see this game being pretty much like a stalemate-ish match no. I, both teams really like possession and like controlling the game controlling the ball right controlling the tempo all of it does that change though? I actually haven't watched Bayern under Tuchel yet, but the the way Bayern was playing is like they just wanted all the ball. That, that, that was it. So I I don't know. It's also interesting to to mention Tuchel because these two have played a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah. So there's that whole mind game side of it too. Like, oh, I've seen you play. I've seen the ins and outs of your squad. I've actually played this squad. So it's like. Oh, that's that's really really entertaining. Uh, I hope it's not a stalemate. I hope it's not a boring like one one or one zero or something. I hope it's electric, um, but I think it could be a stalemate. What do you think? 
Nah, I think Yalkinsello is going to hit a banger from 35 yards out and celebrate right in front of Pep, and I'm going to be ecstatic about it. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I would say you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, it's, But I think if you're City, I think that's what Byron will do, but I think if you're City, you don't, you don't play into that. You don't play into getting felt out throughout the match. That's that's history repeating itself, in my opinion. You got to go out, make a statement, and be so aggressive and high press. I want to see them. Yeah, I want to see City actually high press. And you have the like the fastest players in the world and the best finishers in the world. Like, Go and do the damn thing and win your trophy. Because um, I'll tell you what, if City crash out against Bayern, oh, God. I mean, it's hard to, to say you can criticize City, but fans are going to. Uh, and it's just going to annoy Pep. So, but I don't know why. Yeah. I want them to win the Champions League. I want them to win the Champions League so bad. <laughs> I don't I, know why. I, I think they'll do it. This is probably their best chance to do it to be honest. Yeah. Um, but this Bayern team is really good. So definitely the best game of this this quarterfinal. But all the games are good, to be completely honest with you. Real Madrid yeah. versus Chelsea. Do you want to cover this one? Yeah, I'll get into this. I'll do a little bit quicker. But, uh, yes, Real Madrid taking on Chelsea, the past two Champions League winners. Yes. Uh, Real Madrid last year, Chelsea the year before, and lockdown. And I think Frank Lampard is going to travel to Real Madrid to get his medicine, uh, most likely. I don't think Chelsea have that much of a leg to stand on, but we'll see. I definitely think this is Frank Lampard's tryout period to be a manager in the top flight next year, or else he's going to find himself in the championship, and that's not where he wants to be. Um, and they've done it before. It might be the argument, not under Lampard, but under Thomas Tuchel, but... They've gone to Madrid, they've beat them, or they tied in the first leg, and they've knocked out Real Madrid out of the Champions League before. Um, a quick note I want to make about uh, potential lineup change is a little American by the name of Christian Pulisic. Uh, he finds his favorite manager he's ever played under, maybe not personality-wise, but statistically um, that 2020 to 2021 season that he played in 34 games in all competitions, Christian Pulisic had a combined 17 goals and assists, basically assisting or scoring once every two games. I know that's crazy to hear, but that's literally what he did. And last time he was in Madrid in a Champions League semifinal, he started up top with Timo Werner and got a goal. Um, so maybe there's something here. He didn't start against Wolves on the weekend and Lampart likes Pulisic a lot. Pulisic writes about Lampart in his book, um, about how when Lampart was sacked, that he took it really tough and his form kind of dipped, yada, yada, yada. So yeah, previewing this game, I don't think there's going to be a lot in it for Chelsea. I will, I do think they're going to get played off the pitch, but Christian Pulisic, this is also his tryout period. He will be leaving Chelsea most likely um, as well this summer. So this is kind of Lampart and Pulisic in this weird way, I think, being bonded together of, hey, let's try to make the best out of the rest of the season so we can go somewhere else at, at the summer. So question to you, Brandon. One, does Christian Pulisic even start? Um, maybe. Maybe he can score again in Madrid. And just in general, what are you expecting out of uh, this semifinal? 
Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think he could start at this point. Does it really matter? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know who started in the, this past weekend. Did, did Pulisic start? Uh, no, he came off the bench. So he probably won't start this game. I'm assuming Lampard wants to have a consistent lineup for the rest of the season, just to settle the team, probably try to get some results. Um, but look, generally speaking, this roster, like we said, is a Champions League roster, people. It is deep, maybe the deepest in the world. Um, the level of it, however, is not as high as some of the best teams in the world. But the quality is there. Whether they put it together or not, they probably won't. Um, Real Madrid, reigning champions, smacked Barcelona last week. Real Madrid is so good, dude. Yeah. They're so, so good. They're delicious. They, they are. are, if I might say so. They're, they're good. You love them. I do. Um, so I think it's going to be really hard for Chelsea. But they're probably going to be hoping for a draw um, and then maybe get something at home. What do you think? No, I think, I think Real Madrid will win this game. By mercy, three to one. But I think they could win three mm. zero and just just already take care of Chelsea, like they did to Liverpool. Yeah, it, it could happen. Um, so tune in there. The other two games: Benfica versus Inter. Benfica is definitely the favorite here, but Inter will have something to say about that. I have a feeling this one will be pretty boring, with Inter probably just sitting back and waiting to counter. But we'll see. Uh, AC Milan also taking. Sorry, AC Milan taking on Napoli. Napoli, arguably the best team in the world this year, taking on a very, very solid AC Milan side. If you aren't watching the other two games that we previewed for some reason, definitely watch this one. It's going to be very, very good and very entertaining. Um, The CONCACAF Champions League uh, is also going on at the same time. The first leg, um, Philadelphia won one nothing against Atlas. Leon won with a whopping 5 nothing against Violette, the Haitian side. A Matagua versus Tigres. Tigres won that 1-0, so still pretty close. And then sort of a shocker, maybe not with the form that they're in, LAFC beating Vancouver 3 to nothing. The second legs are also this week. Um, anything to highlight from there, Steve? Not really. LAFC, very good, and I think they're going to win this whole thing again. Yeah, they could. They could. Um, and that brings us to our MLS Fast Five. Steve, you want to lead us through this? This is your favorite. You know, I think it actually really is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's let's get into it. MLS Fast Five. Uh, recapping match week seven, Cincinnati took on Philadelphia Union and took down the Snakes 1-0. Um you, myself, and Cole did not predict that correct, but, you know. Uh, and then NYCFC played Lenny United. They drew 1-1 at the baseball field. Uh, I think all – you guys had United losing. I had United winning. It was boring. It was a bad game. Um, LAFC, on the other hand, took down Austin FC uh, by the score of 3-0. I predicted the scoreline precisely, but we all predicted the win for LAFC. Um, they're really good. Nashville took on Toronto. Walker Zimmerman uh, didn't do anything, and it would be a 0-0. Well, he did something. He prevented goals, but he usually scores for them, uh, <laughs> oddly enough. 
Uh, it was a nil-nil draw for Nashville and Toronto. Brandon, you had that one right with a 1-1 prediction. Congrats to you. Seattle versus St. Louis. They brought St. Louis City down to earth even a little bit more, taking them out 3-0. Um, all of us got that one right, but Brandon is the one taking the most points away from this past week of MLS Fast Five. Congratulations, congratulations. Um, which brings us to what, Brandon? A little bit of an MLS discussion. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I feel like we need to give the MLS a little bit of shine. A quick flyover, um, if you will. Yeah, yeah. The LA Galaxy are winless in their first six games this season. And guess who they have next? Probably the best team in the league. LAFC and El Trafico. It was rescheduled. Um I don't know if you remember, there's like a snowstorm in California yeah. or something weird, <laughs> like the first week of the season. So I don't know if they're playing at the Rose Bowl like they were going to, but anywho, that's happening. LA Galaxy fans, I'm sorry, probably not going to go well for your club. But in the Landon Donovan MLS MVP race, there's some three clear people in the race right now. There's Dennis Bu. Buanga, Buanga, um, six games played, six goals, two assists. He has a shot percentage of thirty-eight percent. Very good. He's he's playing for LAFC, as you can probably tell. He they're on they're just flying. Um, he had a hat trick last game, I believe, and that'll help you in the MVP race. Uh, Tiago Almada for Atlanta United, six games played, four goals, five assists, shot percentage of. 34.8% and a passing percentage of 84.9%. I think he leads the league or he's second in the league in key passes with 18. And I watched the game against NYCFC this weekend. This dude is a baller. If he's not gone by summer, someone's missing out. Um, he is so good, dude. He's so good. Um, and then Jordan Morris for Seattle, seven games played eight goals, no assists, uh, but a shot percentage of 60%, which is really, really good. Probably why he's scoring so many goals. Um, do you have a favorite here? You want to, none of these people actually, we guessed to be in the MLS MVP race at the beginning of the season. Do you like any of these people going forward? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Almada will get it because he won't be here. Um, but I'll I'll go for my heart. I hope Jordan Morris gets it. He's been through a lot in his career. He's been, yeah, I I hope it's him. Him getting hurt when he got a stint over in England was was really tough. So I want to see him do mm -hmm. well. I want to see him get back in the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, and I want to see that beautiful bleach blonde hair. I'm digging it. I'm digging it this year. So hopefully it's him. Yeah. He has some good vibes going. And the, the Dennis Buwanga guy, I mean, he's so good. I don't know if you saw his highlights from this past weekend, but the mm -hmm. dude can play. It seemed like LFC likes to find these strikers. And uh, he might be gone next year, but he's here now, and we get to enjoy him. LA gets to enjoy him as well. Yeah, Tiago Mana's a beast. Um, Steve, what are your biggest surprise surprises, surprises, surprise, whatever, uh, seven games in? to the to the season yeah i'll hit on a couple um st louis city sc obviously we gotta talk about that crazy start they had they've lost their past two games um but still absolutely wild from the expansion side team and that is in a hunt for the playoffs right so that would be wild just to make the playoffs in your first year is crazy lady united did it and it was something special so i hope they can do it um 
Seattle Sounders head coach Brian Schmelzer, this is just more, not a surprise, but an honorary thing, became the fastest coach ever in MLS to reach 100 wins in just 212 games. Shout out to my boy. Um, and I'll tell you a surprise I really do have is Josef Martinez in Inter-Miami for the first time in his five-year career at MLS has not scored in five straight games. And... He started all of them. He's not. He's not scoring, and it's it's kind of sad to see uh, MLS Cup winner, MLS MVP, Golden Boot, absolutely wild. Just doesn't seem up to it, um, and it's it's not looking good. He doesn't look mobile. He doesn't look like he uh, Josef of old. So that's that's been pretty sad to see. But I'll let you uh, get me to something happy in your hometown right now. Yeah, one of the biggest surprises that I when I was looking through the stats was Columbus Crew leads the league in three major categories. Goals with 17 goals and assists with 17 assists. Both of these are obviously major outliers because they had a was it 6 to 1 against Atlanta United? Is it 6? Yeah, it was yeah, 6. Yeah, cuz they were one. chanting we want 7. Yeah. yeah. We were at that game. <laughs> I will never forget that. Yeah. Uh, and also goals inside the 18 with 15. So again, outliers there because the Atlanta United game. That'll probably come back down, but they're leading the 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 league in those three categories. Very surprising. Um good for them and I think they won this past week again. So they're looking solid, yeah. picking up form. Okay, MLS Fast Five Match Week Eight. We're gonna go through it very quickly. LA Galaxy versus LAFC. El Trafico. I'm predicting three, two. Wait, no, no, no. I'm predicting <laughs> three to two to LAFC. Did you change my no, score? I, I changed. Change. <laughs> I thought I thought it was a mistype. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So three two. Uh, for LAFC for you. I'm going to go one more goal. I'll say 4-2 LAFC over LA Galaxy. I scared myself there. Uh, the Cascadia Cup. Seattle Sounders versus Portland Timbers. I'm going with a draw. 2-2 draw. Yeah. Um, I'll go with a 3-1 win. Seattle Sounders over Portland. They are looking really good. I think they're top of the West yeah. now. Um, St. Louis City FC versus FC Cincinnati. I'm going to go with a 0-2. That's a 2-0 win for FC Cincinnati. Brendan Vasquez probably with the goal. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go the opposite direction. I think St. Louis finally gets back on track in the points department and get a 1-1 draw against FC Cincinnati. I think that'd be a good result there. And like we just mentioned, the Columbus crew, they're taking on the New England New England Revolution. I'm gonna go with a one to two result. That's the New England Revolution beating the crew at home. Um, what do you have? I think the crew, out of personal experience, it's not a fun place to go and play. Um, so I think the Columbus Crew. I'm gonna get the hometown crew uh, a two one win over New England Revolution. Yeah. Uh, they can definitely do it. They can turn up. Uh, Toronto FC versus Atlanta United in our last MLS Fast Five game. I think Atlanta United will win this away. one nothing. Yeah, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Atlanta United. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a, a win for the, for the hometown boys. 
We can only hope. And then our final segment of the day, you betcha. Um, this is where we bet on stuff. But this goes without saying. We are not, we are amateur bettors. We are not professional bettors. Uh, and this is in no way betting advice. But it could be because we've hit our parlay two betting weeks in a row. So hey um, Steve, what's your lock for the week? Yeah, my lock for the week is a lock, but I'm also not super confident. But it's my lock because I like the odds. Um, it's going to be Bayern over Manchester City in that first leg of the Champions League. Uh, they are plus 360 on the money line. That's just crazy. too good for me not to take up. So I got Bayern over Manchester City in leg one. Yeah, I think that's this pretty good chances that that will happen. Um, that's so weird why they think that Bayern is at plus 61. It really, really weird. Um, my lock for the week is Southampton, like I mentioned earlier. Southampton beating Crystal Palace at plus 170. Um, I hope these come true, Steve, because if we hit this parlay three weeks running, we're going to be rich. We're going <laughs> to be rich. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but it is fun to bet. Put some money where our mouth is. Uh, and yeah, we've reached the end of another episode of the Supporter Section Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our time together today. If you made it this far, please go ahead and leave a like if you liked it. Um, subscribe if you have not. Again, we're trying to hit 100, so please be a part of that. And comment. Get down below. We want to hear what you have to say. We've had some good interactions the last couple weeks, so keep it up. Um, for the guys... Me and Stephen Curl. Um, it's been another loaded week of soccer. We have another loaded week coming up like we just laid out. Enjoy it. Tell somebody you love them, and we'll see you. Peace. Peace.